Starting a new business can be overwhelming. I'm just gonna say it. I felt that way at the beginning of starting my photography business. And to be honest with you, that feeling of overwhelm has never really gone away. There always seems to be things that I need to do on my to-do list. There always seems to be decisions that I need to make. And there always needs to be things that should have been done yesterday or the day before, or the day before that, that I just haven't had a chance to get to yet. And I'm sure the way I feel about my business is the way that many, many people feel when they're running their own business, especially when starting out. Because when starting out, that's when you need to make these decisions right away. And sometimes you don't feel like you know that you can make those decisions or you have enough information to make those decisions. So what I'm going to do today on the podcast is I'm going to talk about four big decisions that you need to make when starting your business and how you can navigate through these decisions without feeling so overwhelmed or feeling like you're making a mistake or anything like that. So let's go ahead and let's get started on the Focal Points Podcast. You are listening to Focal Points, a podcast by Enphoto and hosted by Dory Howell. You are in the right place to learn how to build a dynamic and sustainable photography business. I remember when I was first starting my business, I was completely overwhelmed with all the decisions I needed to make. And I didn't even know that those decisions were going to have to be made. And I was feeling like I was behind all the time. This is something that I hear from photographers every single day is that constant feeling of overwhelm. And there's a lot of things that go into starting a new business that I think many of us just, they catch up by surprise. I never felt like I could get ahead because every single day I needed to make big decisions about my business. Being a good decision maker is super important in our business. For any business, any business owner needs to be really good at making decisions. And if we delay or if we overthink things, it can truly cost us our business. Now, we are going to be diving into how to make better decisions, how to be a good decision maker, and that type of thing in future episodes. In fact, I have a really great two-part series coming up on that topic alone that I think everyone needs to listen to. But today, I want to dive into four specific decisions that we need to make in our business pretty early on and why some of us delay in doing that and give you some helpful tips in learning how to navigate these issues when it comes to your business. And these are great things to learn if you've been in business 14 years like I have or if you're just starting out. These are things that will haunt you. And if you don't do them right away, you may be sorry for that in the future. So let's go ahead and let's dive into them. One of the biggest questions I see causing photographers so much angst is what kind of camera to use. Now, there's an automatic opinion that thinks like, well, if you're going to start a photography business, you should have a camera, right? Like, shouldn't you have a camera if you're going to run a photography business? Yeah, you absolutely should. If you are going to be the portrait artist, you need to have good gear. But because technology changes so often, the, the idea of choosing gear that you're going to be using for years and years and years can be very daunting, especially when there's so many great, great products out on the market. And this is a big deal in business, especially when you're purchasing it for professional reasons. There are so many great choices out there. And some people use a consumer grade camera for a really long time, but then when you go to get a professional grade camera, really, it's a big decision. And the reason why it's such a big decision is because it really is a huge financial investment. But I'm a firm believer in being smart with your money. The number one thing any business needs to do is be smart with their bonds. The number one thing any business needs to do is be smart with their money and watch that bottom line. 
So sometimes chasing the newest and greatest gear isn't necessarily in your best interest. For example, most studio photographers who shoot in controlled lighting situations don't need the most up-to-date gear. So real talk here, here's my secret. My main camera that I use for all my sessions that you see on all my social media, on my website, everywhere, is now 10 years old. I photograph all my studio and natural light sessions with a Canon Mark D3. I love that camera. I have newer cameras for video that I use like the Canon 6D Mark II or the Sony a7 III and I use those for video. But when it comes to doing my portrait work, I always, always go back to that 10 year old Canon 5D Mark III. It serves me well every single time. And honestly, I don't plan on updating it in the near future. I, and I know when I do update it, it's going to be a huge upgrade. Absolutely. And my other confession, besides the fact that my camera is 10 years old, is the fact that I'm a total gearhead. I love gear. I love tech. I love learning about all the things that the camera companies are doing to bring out these great new cameras that make me want to just hand over my credit card. The newer mirrorless cameras make me drool a little bit. True confession. They're so attractive due to their better focusing ability and smaller, lighter size. I want a mirrorless camera. I really do. But for me to make that investment in time, it would cost me the equivalent of a vacation with my family or part of a new car. And right now, those things are just higher on in my priority list. I'll get that system someday, but it's not going to be in the next few months. And I'm just going to continue to look from afar and say, someday I'm going to get that. Could I make that investment now? But I'm choosing not to and choose to spend my money on different things. My work doesn't need super fast focusing. Newborn babies really don't move that much. And lighting in my studio is very consistent. I'm not having to change the controls a lot. In fact, there are sessions I go through where I don't change them at all. So I've made a choice not to upgrade for some time. And I know, like I said, it's going to be a big deal when I do, but for now I'm good. So when looking at gear for your business, you need to analyze what you need that new gear for and how those new features of that camera will bring you to a different level of your artwork, make things easier for you. But most importantly, how will that new camera make you more money besides the fact that you will be holding an expensive piece of equipment in your hand? How does that new gear's functionality really, really help you? It is perfectly okay not to be shooting with the latest and greatest, but if you're using old antiquated equipment that isn't getting the job done, then you probably do need to look at an upgrade. But don't get the newest and greatest just because you want the newest and greatest. And I know that there's people out there like this. If you're not going to use these new features, then you're spending money on something that is not going to mean anything for your business. You can get great use in secondhand gear at most of the major retail stores, B&H, Adorama, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. And even my local camera store has a very good selection of previously used equipment. Don't automatically rule out new equipment, especially when your new business needs to pay for so many things. So another thing I see photographers ask about is how they need to have their businesses set up for tax purposes. Now, this is more of a U.S. thing. So if you're listening to us in another country, you can get insight to how our tax rules work in the U.S., but this may not apply to you. So for your particular purposes, seek out an expert in your area that is familiar with your country, your region, your laws to make sure you get good advice. But this is general advice for the U.S. community. Once you start taking in money for your business and you have things to protect, like a home, a car, 
savings, different assets, that type of thing, you need to set up the following. You need to have a separate business bank account. I have a business checking account that all the money for my business that I earn through my business goes into. It does not go directly into any personal accounts. You need to have a federal EIN number so that you can pay your taxes under that tax ID number. An EIN number is super easy to get with the IRS. You just have to go to Google something like get EIN number, US IRS, that type of thing. Just throw it into Google and it will pop up. It's super easy. It doesn't take hardly any time at all to fill out the forms. There is a fee. I don't know what that fee is at this point in time but it's nominal. Get yourself an EIN number. Then form an LLC with that EIN number, which can be done through your state corporation commission. And again, you can Google that information. It's super easy to find. Or you can contact your local chamber of commerce. Chamber of commerces are absolutely there to help small businesses succeed. And they have a ton of resources that will help you. You need to set up an LLC. Do not operate as a sole proprietorship for very long. First of all, if you do it for too long and you're taking in too much money, it technically could be against the rules and regulations in your state. But a sole proprietorship does not protect your personal assets if for some reason you come into legal complications when working with your business clients. By setting up an LLC, you're creating a safety net around your personal assets so they cannot be touched in case of some legal action. That's really, really important if you have something to protect. You want to protect it. You want to create that bubble so that you have business assets in one place, personal assets in another. And if someone on the business side wants to sue you, they can't touch those personal assets. This is something that I tell my photographers all the time. Separate your assets for your own protection. And then when you go about setting up that LLC, you're also going to need a state tax ID number, all of those things come and get the help you need from either the websites at your state or the local chamber of commerce, which will help you. Now, this is the side of business that people don't like talking about. It is not fun. I do not like talking about taxes, especially being a creative. I readily admit I have kind of a, a mind block when it comes to these things, and I don't like talking about them. But I believe it's really, really important to protect what you're working for. You are working and earning money because you want a greater personal life, whether that's more assets, whether that's a bigger house, a nicer car, vacations for your family. Well, if you're not separating those things out and protecting them the way they should be protected, you could be setting yourself up and open to an incredible amount of liability. All right. As always, I am not legal or tax counsel. So if you have questions about that, seek out the counsel of your local small business CPA or local small business attorney, your chamber of commerce. They can help you. But separating these things out are really important. Before we go much further in the episode, I want to let you know that I love Enphoto's complete sets. And what a complete set, it's either two options, a three product option or a two product option that I can custom made and put together based on what my clients need and deliver a beautiful, beautiful presentation for the images that I create for them. It is a folio box and inside that box is either an album, a photo book pro or one of their dream books. And you can custom make it so it can include a USB of their digital files or not include a USB for their digital files. 
It's an easy way for me to present to my clients a beautiful, beautiful way of showing their images and displaying them in their homes that they love. If you would like a 75% off coupon for one of these complete sets, head over to our show notes page at blog.infoto.com slash podcast. Look for my special link where you can get a sample today with the 75% discount plus a discount on all client orders for the next 12 months. Go check that out today. So, so far I've talked about gear and taxes, and those are completely the opposite ends of the spectrum of what interests us of creatives and photographers, right? Like I don't, I love to talk about gear. I love to talk about cameras, taxes, not so much. And I'm sure many people listening to this would agree with that. But let's go that next step and let's talk about computers and post-processing. This is an area that I see ton and ton and ton of questions about that I have maybe a different view on that a lot of people do. So much the creative interpretation that we have in our business is how we retouch and edit our images. Back in the darkroom era, things were done a little bit differently because they didn't have computers and all these types of fancy things that we can do now. No Photoshop, no Lightroom, nothing like that. A photographer took the images on their camera and they put them on digital negatives, right? Most of the time, then they took that film and they sent that film to a developing company. The developing company took it and developed it in their darkroom and they returned proofs back to the photographer. Then those proofs were revealed to the clients and the photographer would make changes on the prints that were set to be ordered, send them back to the printing company for printing and then the printing company would send them back to the photographer to deliver to the clients. That's quite a workload, right? But notice no computers or anything in that. And that's very different from our workflow today. Most photographers truly believe that they are the ones that need to do the post-processing on their images. And if they don't do the post-processing on their images, guess what? For some reason, many people believe that then they aren't the artists that created the work. But in actuality with photography, Back in the old days, photographers didn't develop their own artwork. They sent that to someone else who was a specialist. The photographer was the specialist in taking the picture. The developer was the specialist in getting it printed. But now we have kind of merged these things together where we think we have to be the person doing the developing as well as the photographing. Um, I don't really buy that. I don't think the best use of my time as a business owner and a service provider for a client is spent spending hours and hours in front of my computer screen, taking out stray hairs and brightening teeth and slimming cheeks and brightening colors and fixing colors and all those types of things. I take a really, really good solid picture, but when it comes down to that fine tuning of printing, I need to send it to someone else. Photoshop is a beast of a program, and I know many photographers enjoy getting into Photoshop and learning all the tips and tricks. And there's many photographers like me who do not want to be doing that. If you don't want to be doing that in your business, it's totally okay. Send your images out to an outside retoucher and have them do the work for you. That's perfectly okay. It does not lessen your contribution to the art. They're not taking your name. They're not taking ownership of it. They are just perfecting what you started. And I don't edit my images. I don't. I haven't done this for years. And let me tell you, it's one of the best things I have done for my business, hands down. And I will fight anyone who thinks or implies that because I don't edit my images, that I am not the artist of the images that I present to my client. I am the artist. The idea that we must sit 
in front of our computer for hours and hours and edit until late at night that we're somehow lesser photographers? That's crazy. Having a darkroom assistant back in the day was routine. Ansel Adams didn't develop his own prints. One of the best known landscape photographers of our times did not develop his own prints. And his process is really interesting. If you're, if you're interested in how that worked, Google Alan Ross Photography. He was Ansel Adams' assistant, and he's still in business today. He has an entire website that goes into darkroom techniques like dodging, burning, masking, selecting, exposing, and more. See, you thought those terms were just for Photoshop, right? But actually, those terms go way back into the darkroom days. This is a long, long history of photography, and digital photography is a very, very small, small part of it. It really is quite fascinating, I think, to learn about the terms and techniques of the darkroom days and how they can be applied to today's digital imagery. It's just something that's very fascinating to me, and if you're interested, you can look that up as well. So here's my biggest tip that I can give you for this episode. Save yourself some time, money, frustration. Send your images out to an editor and then take that time that you would spend editing, being frustrated because you didn't know how to work a computer program and spend that time doing what you love, booking clients and taking images. There are so many great retouchers that will process your files and make them look exactly like you want them to look. They're gonna make you look great and that's okay. Let me say this again. It is okay. You do not have to spend hours sitting in front of your computer editing images. There is no award for the photographer who stays up latest editing images. There's no reward for those who miss family time because they let their business get away from them. They booked too many sessions and now they have 10 sessions to edit in two days. And so they're missing time with their family, staying up late, becoming exhausted, grumpy and irritable. That is no way to run a business. So be smart when it comes to your workflow and hire the help that you need. That's all it is. You're just hiring help that you need. All right. So this comes to the fourth and final thing when it comes to making decisions in your business. One of the biggest, biggest decisions that you will make is what you want to offer your clients as far as products. I'm a firm believer that in order for you to be successful in your business, you need to offer printed products to your clients. It really isn't an option. I never really understood the idea that some people only offer digital files. I don't understand the attraction to that business model, but I do see how it can be very effective for some people and some clients want it. I mean, it's easy, it's quick, there's not a lot of personal interaction and that type of thing. However, think about this. How many clients do you know that hire a professional photographer to come take their images of their friends, family, get-togethers, milestone events, whatever, and never think that they're going to have anything printed? In all my years of doing this, I've maybe had five people say, I'm never going to print these images. I only want them for online sharing. Most clients are getting pictures taken because they want to have something to hang on their wall. They want to have something to put in a frame, to give to grandma or put in an album. Providing that service is a huge part of what makes the services of a professional photographer attractive. It is literally our job to not only take the images of our clients, but also help them decide how to display them. Yes, I said it. It is absolutely part of our job. So then when you add products into your mix, which a lot of people have, what happens is 
they open up kind of the Pandora's box of so many issues. How do you pick a lab? How do you price things? What do you choose to sell? All those different things. Here's a breakdown of how this can be made easier for you. So first, how do you pick a lab? Well, you know, this podcast is kind of sponsored by InPhoto, so I absolutely 100 Well, you know, this podcast is sponsored by InPhoto, so I 100% think that you should look at InPhoto's products because they're beautiful. They're what I offer my clients. My clients love them, et cetera, et cetera. But besides just taking my word for it, here are a few practical tips that you can use when picking a lab partner. One, get to know them. Don't just take, don't just sign up for their email list and get their discounts because as you know, there are big differences between what things cost across the board in the photography industry. And a photographer offering a $200 session versus a photographer offering um, a session and beautiful products for $8,000 There's a big difference in those things. And they're going to be attractive to different people. So the sale emails are not necessarily the place where you want to start. The recommendations on Facebook or in other groups are not necessarily where you want to start. And I'll tell you why. There are very, very few photographers who have actually gone out, seen, tested, and sampled products from almost every lab available. I am one of the few that actually has a library of samples that I've shared on Instagram and other places from many, in fact, most of the labs that offer photographic products to our industry today. And I choose my labs very, very carefully. I've seen, I have tested, I know this sounds weird, I've smelled the products from all the different places. You need to do that too. It's part of the research in your business if you want to offer products to your clients. So you need to get to know them. You need to look at their social media, call their social, their customer service department, watch any classes that they host, any online seminars, get their vibe. See if they're people that you want to work with and you can support and are going to support you. Then choosing products. Here it is, very high level of how to choose products. Keep it simple. I don't offer everything Enphoto offers because that would be overwhelming to me and to my clients. But I have my favorite products that I offer every single time, specifically the Complete Album Collection, the Triplex, and Folio Boxes. I keep it simple because I have found more often than not, when I offer my client more choices, it causes them to become overwhelmed. The old saying goes something like this. When given a choice, a confused mind says no. And I have found that to be true in my business. And I don't want to hear no from my clients. So I keep things very simple. Does that mean I don't offer other items? Absolutely not. I just don't start with too many. And then as I get to know my client, get to know what they want, get to know the idea of how they want to display their images, I can come in with different solutions to those things. But it may not be posted on my price sheet. But I do have those things available because I want things to be and appear very simple when it comes to the ordering process of what I offer my clients. Now, you need to order some samples. And I know this is something that people don't like to do because they think it's expensive. You need to order samples. You need to have them available to you. You need to be able to touch and feel them. And Enphoto has a great sample program. Take advantage of it and order a sample or two. Yes, samples can be expensive, but you need them. Most people aren't going to order things from you sight unseen. You want to see exactly what you're offering your client and give them a chance to see what they're going to be getting with your studio. So order those samples. Show them off to your clients. I promise it will make a difference in your bottom line. 
if you still struggle with this and you don't want to just invest in a lot of samples when you see things online, I highly, highly, highly recommend you go into a trade show or an industry show that has a great trade show where all the vendors come and display their products. Imaging USA and WPPI are the two biggest portrait and wedding photography based conventions in the U.S. There's Photokina, Photo London, Paris Photo, many others in Europe that you can go to. I cannot stress how great going to these live shows is. First of all, they almost always have great education opportunities available within the show. You can go to classes. You can see people that you admire online. They can talk about their workflow or their process. You can learn so much. But also you get to see all the great photos and products that are offered across the board in your area. So your lab is your partner in your business, and they're there to make your art look great. So if offering printed products is something that you need to do as a photographer, then you need to pair with a great lab. And partnering with Enphoto is something that I always recommend, and they're going to make you look great. Now, I know that offering products causes some photographers a great amount of anxiety and dread because it opens a big list of things like pricing, options, upsells, etc. The idea that you're being a sleazy salesperson, that you're pushing these products onto people. Trust me, that's not the case because they're coming to you and hiring you. We're going to have many episodes coming up to help you in these areas of sales, anxiety, imposter syndrome, those types of things. But if you don't want to wait, which you shouldn't wait, head over to our show notes page at blog.enphoto.com slash podcast and send me a message on Instagram. I'm at the Dory Howell on Instagram. I'm happy to help you get these things worked out for your business. I want to help you get these things worked out for your business. It's something that I truly, truly love to do. So as we close out, remember that the decisions we make in our business, like what gear to use, how we set up legally, how we edit or don't edit, how we choose a lab. Those decisions are really, really important, but don't let those big decisions move you into inaction so you never do anything to set your business apart from the competition. This is what I hear from the people that I coach. I, I really don't like the idea of someone else editing my photos. I just, I keep, I'm not going to be able to find someone to do it just like me, so I'm going to continue to do it myself. I want to offer printed products, but all these selections and options, just I just find it too overwhelming. So I'm just going to keep it easy and quick the way that I do it now. I want to do the paperwork to set up an LLC, but going to those government sites is really scary. I don't want to mess it up. So I'm just going to keep things the way they are because it's working fine for now. And I'll say, well, even if the IRS like is going to audit you and you might have penalties and that type of thing. And they're just like, yeah, no, I'm going to leave it the way it is. Or I'll hear, you know, Dory, you're right. I do need to upgrade my camera or I do need to invest in a certain kind of gear. But when I go in and I look at all the options, I become overwhelmed. I pull on Facebook. There's so many opinions. I don't know where to start. So I'm just going to stick with what I have and deal with dealing with inferior equipment for the amount of money that my clients are spending. Don't get so caught up in the idea that making these decisions is hard that you don't act on them. If you struggle with these things, like I said earlier, we're going to have a great two-part series coming up that will help you learn how to make decisions quickly and purposefully in your business. Absolutely tune in for those episodes if you are struggling with this, because it is a struggle for many, many, many. But in the meantime, be sure to head over to the podcast show notes page at blog.infoto.com slash podcast to get a link to download your notes on this episode. It's really, really going to help you out. And be sure and look for our special two-part series coming up all about how to make important decisions in your business. 
Thanks for spending your time with me today. Whether you are on the road to a session, whether you are setting up for a session or working on your business, I hope this information proves itself valuable. If you ever have a topic that you want me to address, please shoot me a PM on Instagram and I will absolutely, absolutely add that to the list. Thanks for listening again and I look forward to seeing you again soon on the Focal Points Podcast brought to you by my good friends over at Enphoto. Hey everyone, I have a request. If you value the information that I have shared with you on this program, if you consider me a voice that you respect and want to listen to, I would love a quick favor. Please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. This helps me more than you know in getting the word out to people just like you who want to build and grow a better photography business. We appreciate it so much. Thank you.